Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. I'm Pastor Brad Mathias, and I want to welcome you to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm Robert Beeson, and I'd also like to welcome you, Brad. You're on your best behavior today. You're not quite as sarcastic because there's a pastor in the room it's besides true. you. It's someone I respect and admire, so I have to be, you know, it's like your dad's here. Amen. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you know, when the when the visiting pastor would come to church when I was a kid, you, your mom always made you wear your really nice pants. So why and, didn't you wear your really nice clothes today? You know, that's just harsh. This, this, I mean, it's nice and all, but... This is uh, authentic Mainer stuff, man. Know, this is know, what people wear up there. This is considered nice and main. I, I wore a button-up today because I knew the, the You stole that from my closet. You know that's the kind of shirt I wear, and I think you're trying to emulate me, and you just can't admit it. No, that sounds one, like an identity crisis. I think it is. I think we are having I'm going to straighten all this out eventually, but go ahead. So what I see going on here is that you are needing some inspiration, Robert. I'm always needing inspiration. Yeah. So I read this book once. Now, I'm, I'm only half kidding now. It's a book about identity. Mm-hmm. And the the timing of that book, you know how God directs books into your life when you're going through certain transitions? Mm-hmm. It was several years ago, and I remember I needed to know about my identity. Mm-hmm. I had uh, sort of formed some fake identity in my own head. And uh, I had allowed other people to sort of tell me who I was. And I never really settled that out with my father in heaven. And there was this pastor from Oklahoma who started talking about identity, and I had his CDs, and his name was Dwayne Sheriff. And uh, he really helped me process who I am in Christ. And he's here today, so that's why I'm wearing my really good Mainer. And it's close to home. I have to say this too, because as a ministry, Dwayne has been a part of iShine and focusing on the identity of of the tween generation and their families for over 10 years now. And so it's an honor to have you here, Pastor. Um, I'm so, because I agree with with Brad, some of the best teaching that I've heard on identity. So I'm anxious to to, to get into this yes. with your lovely wife. So Absolutely. formally, I will just make sure everybody knows who you are. We know you very well, but our audience needs to know. That we're, we're talking about Dwayne and Sue Sheriff. And Pastor Dwayne is the senior pastor of Victory Life Church. It's a multi-site church. And his heart's desire is to share the truth in love and to help others discover who they are in Christ. Welcome to our crazy podcast. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's not as crazy as you think, but thank you for having me. We love you guys. We mm-hmm. really respect you as well, and it's an honor and a blessing to be on. But if there ever was a time in human history and a culture that so parents need encouraged and informed and, and inspired in the raising and rearing of their children, it's the hour we live in. So your ministry is awesome. And I just commend you for what, what you're doing in the Lord. You're awesome. Well, thank you. Wow. Um, thank you. But one of the things I felt as we were preparing for this season of podcasts and praying about it is this, this issue of identity is really affecting our culture right now. From Absolutely. confusion about gender identity to yes. uh, sexuality to even parents understanding what their role is. Absolutely. Are they parenting or are they best friends with these kids? Right. There's all kinds of stuff out there that have really well thought out opinions, but they may not actually sort of line up with Scripture. Absolutely. So what I was hoping from you was just, 
even some top of your mind thoughts about what are these issues really tied to and how do we as parents respond to these identity challenges? Yeah, there's so many things in my heart and desire to encourage, again, parents in this hour. We've not faced a generation like we're facing. We're not facing the the crisis of identity like we're facing. I mean, if 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 young people are confused over gender identity, think of how confused they are in other areas of identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a crisis. There's no doubt it's a crisis. And let me just, before we start, encourage every parent that's listening that, A, there are no perfect parents. That, that encourages me. <laughs> B, there are no perfect children, even though some listening may think their children are perfect. Uh, they're not. Uh, and when you think of creation and God's original creation of, of man and man's identity in his creator God as a part of his creation and how Adam lost that in sin, he lost that vertical relationship with God and going vertical to discover who he was, what he had and what he could do, immediately when sin came into the world, that, that relationship was, was broken, and he went horizontal for his identity, for mm. his esteem, for his value, for discovering who he was. I mean, the first thing that happened in original sin was they saw they were naked and were ashamed. Who told them that? God didn't tell them they were naked and ashamed. The devil actually didn't even tell them they were naked and ashamed. It was their own heart condemning them mm. and them going horizontal to define themselves, to to discover their value and their esteem, and it plummeted immediately when you go horizontal. So let me just say that in the get-go. Secondly, God was a perfect God, a perfect father, that created two children. He had two children, and he created them in maturity. He created Adam Hmm. out of the dust of the earth uh, as a mature person. He didn't create a baby or a teenager. He created a full-grown adult, Adam, out of the dust of the earth, and then Eve out of Adam's rib, and she was mature and a full adult and in that mature condition. So you got a perfect God who's a heavenly father to him, two perfect kids, no sin in their life, no sin in the world, a perfect garden, and yet those two children went awry. Those two children missed God. I'm certain that God didn't feel like a failure. <laughs> what a awesome and yet we perspective. Feel, and yet yeah. we feel like a failure when our For children sure. in an imperfect world, in an imperfect body, in an imperfect environment make mistakes. And so I just want to encourage every parent. We could just wrap to, right there. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> and, and all of that is connected to identity. Uh, us a part of God's creation, again, going vertical to creator God for our value, mm. creator God to define who and what we are, creator God to tell us what we have and 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 what, again, we can do. You know, Philippians 4.13, every parent, instead of even thinking of training and rearing their children under that, need to stop and think for a moment, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Well, part of that's parenting. Through my identity with Christ and through my union with Christ, I can raise and rear these children to be functional <laughs> and a blessing in this world. And yet many parent parents miss their identity. They don't know who they are. And so they feel like failures. They feel embarrassed with their children's behavior or lack thereof. Uh, they feel like, again, that they have failed in, in what they should have done and didn't do or what they did do that they shouldn't have done. And so even parenting, good parenting, 
comes from a position of my new identity in Christ. Because if you don't separate your identity from your performance, you're going to feel like a failure in every area of your life. Talk about that a little bit, I, I, because I love where you where you go with this, the idea of what we do, the roles yes. we play yes. versus who we are. Yes. I, for instance, wear a lot of different hats. Uh, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I'm a traveling minister. Those are all different roles and things I do, and I have a performance in each of those. And if you really are honest with your life, we all wear different hats. We have different roles. And on a 1 to 10 scale of, of, of judging how I'm doing as a, as a husband, you know, I, I may fall in an 8 or a 9. Or a okay, five or okay, a five or a six. <laughs> <laughs> my performance. All I can say is when I got Did you married. Did that? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. The timing. No, she was having, a, she was having an, an ignorant flash. Uh, when we first married, I'm sure I was a one, maybe a one and a half, but I have gotten better. Oh, much. Okay. <laughs> if you look at my role again as husband now, my performance chart has gone up. But the day I married her, I was a 10 in the eyes of God, and my performance as a husband may have been low on that chart. But if I get my identity mixed up with my performance, I'm going to feel condemned. Yeah. I'm going to feel like I failed. And the enemy's going to use that against me in my marriage. But if I know, hey, I'm a 10 in the eyes of God, my value, my worth is not based on my performance. It's based on my faith in Jesus. Now, as a 10 in Christ, I can work on my two to get it to a three. Hmm. My parenting skills may at times have been a four or five, but I didn't, I didn't judge who I was by that one to five margin or grade. No, I was who I, who I am in Christ the day I had my first child. And I started as a 10 from a position of victory, a position of righteousness with God, a position of wisdom. Mm. God has made Jesus unto us wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1.30. So rather than feeling like I'm way down here trying to get to a 10, I started a 10. Now I can look at as a father, I'm a three, but not be condemned, embarrassed, ashamed, self-destruct. But I can go because I'm a 10 in Jesus. I have the wisdom of God mm. to raise this child. I have in God everything I need. I'm equipped in Jesus to be the kind of parent this child needs. I start from a position of victory, not victim. Oh, yeah. So that... So lightning, my whole attitude is yeah. different. So a little lightning bolt just hit me. I, I know that I personally struggle with the idea that I don't necessarily have the ability to control this. Like, I'm a, this is just out of my control as a parent. I'm a victim immediately. Rather than flipping that around and saying, yeah, I can't control this, but I know the guy. That's right. Yeah. I know the guy who can. Yeah. For many of our listeners who are are tuning in right now, they're thinking about this. They're wrestling with something. That's probably why they chose to, to listen to a parenting podcast. What advice or encouragement can you give someone who's, who's stuck sort of feeling a victim? They're playing that victim card of in their life. Or feeling defeated, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just damaged. It, it, How do you overcome it, that? It just absolutely, I don't want to oversimplify it again, but if you can't divide your identity from your performance, you can't overcome that. Mm -hmm. Because we're not, I was never denying as a parent today, on a one to 10, it was a four. I didn't have a good day. I didn't handle maybe things right or my attitude wasn't right. 
Parents have to deal with attitude constantly. Uh, how many times as a parent are we showing a bad attitude talking to our kids about their attitudes? Uh, <laughs> so I, I have to, yeah. I have to start over. <laughs> yeah, I have to start over with a good attitude in Jesus that I can again do all mm. things, meaning deal with this through Christ, through my identity, processing that. I can now work on the performance to get it from a four to a five, a six to a seven, or or whatever I'm in need of. If you don't start with the position of victor, thanks be unto God that causes us always to triumph in Christ Jesus our Lord and makes known by us the sweet savor of His knowledge in every place. That's the home too. Through my identity with Jesus, God is going to show him strong on my behalf with my child in this situation on the fly. Wisdom is going to be here that's going to minister the knowledge of God to my child. Mm. Let me just, in case time runs out, let me just say to every parent, too, our first and foremost role as a parent is to lead our children to Christ, to introduce them mm-hmm. to Christ. Because if they don't, if they don't find the Lord, if they don't meet the Lord, if they don't get this new identity in Jesus, it doesn't matter how how they prosper in the natural in this life. They're, what would it gain, mm-hmm. Jesus said, for us to gain yeah. the whole world and lose right. our soul? Yeah. So I needed to reveal to my children all through their upbringing and especially early their need for God. So even me communicating to my children in this situation, man, I just need the Lord. Let me pray about this. My children hearing Sue and I constantly say, you know what? We don't know what to do about this right now, but we don't want to overreact or underreact. We're going to sleep on this. Mm-hmm. We're going to seek the Lord. And then actually really do that. And then Absolutely. do it. Because a lot of Absolutely. people, I'll pray about it. Uh, yeah. to you, but no. No. Yeah. no, really do it. Especially discipline. Boy, if we would ever tell them that, well, we're not going to invoke any discipline now. We're going to sleep on it. That would torment them more than, oh, yeah. It's like, no, no, beat me with a chase chain. Uh, (laughs) Let's get it over with. No, no, no. We need to hear God. God is our source, even Mm -hmm. in discipline Mm -hmm. of 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 invoking it properly and in love. I mean, it takes a lot of, when it comes to disciplining our children, boy, it, it if you don't know your identity and you're not leaning on Christ in that, you can you can damage your children in disciplining them because your yes. your heart's not right, your attitude's not right. Mm. Some form of anger or Yeah. So you just said something that to you was very obvious, very simple, but for some of our listeners it may not be. And and that is that you prayed about it together. Absolutely. As a Absolutely. Absolutely. How how long have you been praying together as a couple? Is that something you've been doing since the very beginning? Yes and no. In the sense of, do we have a um, a regiment of, okay, we're both going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and pray for 30 minutes? No. But praying together, it's something we've done in our whole 39 years of marriage. Because we knew that, that in areas of our lives, whether it was ministry or whether it was the home or whether it was um, our future, it was something that we had to get in agreement and we had to seek the Lord and His wisdom. And uh, uh, so it was something that we were very much in tune with. Okay, we've got to spend some special time to pray together. And even at times when he was traveling, I wasn't, and I would say, listen, I need you to really be praying about this. Even though we weren't physically in the, physically same, place. In the same place, we knew we were praying and we had a directive. Mm-hmm. And we knew this is how we're going to pray in agreement. And we would talk about this is how we're going to pray tonight. Well, let me, let me throw this in back to identity. We are no longer two, Jesus said, Genesis 2, 24 and 25, but we are now one flesh. 
That's a new identity. When you get married, you actually come into a new identity in that relationship now with a spouse, and we have to honor one another. And in honoring, 1 Peter 3, 7 says that we need an intelligent recognition of the marriage relationship, honoring one another, the wife being in the physical, the weaker vessel, but we're heirs together of the grace of life that our prayers be not hindered. So even with our children, it was vital. It was important that we stay on the same page. And if we're not on it, get on the same page, because that's a part of our identity that we're demonstrating to our children. No longer two. Your mother and I are not two separate people raising you children, we are one flesh. We are in agreement. Kids will try to pit their parents. They are mm-hmm. masters oh, yeah. mm-hmm. at manipulating oh. and pitting one yep. parent against another and getting the getting the answers they want when they don't from get one. it from one. Yep. But even in I that, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't believe in lying either, do you? No, no, no. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. I, as you're sharing that and thinking about it, I know that's a baseline for you. I know that's a... Like, that's the foundation. But for a lot of parents and a lot of couples out there raising kids, that's a new idea. That's something that that either they haven't grabbed yet or they've just started to consider. Usually it's a crisis in the home or a crisis in the marriage that will cause people to pray together. But rarely do they yeah. stick with it. It's usually sort mm-hmm. of hit or miss uh, because people are that busy. They're that tired. There's that much spiritual warfare yeah. between you and that prayer. How do you— how did you start that habit? What did you do or what could we do as parents to develop that well, habit? Well, I thought Sue would go into even more recently, we are spending more time even starting our day yeah. praying together and getting ahead of things. But I, I, I think part of spirit-filled life, part of this union we have with Jesus that's not about rules or rituals or regulations, but it's about relationship. I think one of the gifts we gave our children, unbeknown at the time to us or them, is the organic part of pure Christianity and back to the identity, them seeing Sue and I simply work together that I need to run that by your mom. I need to run that by your dad. Um, and, And just the evolution organically of praying together throughout the day. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. I don't think that's talking about praying all the time. It's talking about when you believe God for something, don't give up on it. But prayer should be as organic as as anything else in the Christian life. And yet we've made it ritualistic Mm -hmm. many times, compartmentalized. When are we going to pray together? I don't think in 39 years of marriage we've ever looked at each other and said, when are we going to pray about this? Or We pray about it. You pray <laughs> right, about absolutely. it right then. Yes. The kids see, seen us pray together. Lord, help me. This bothered. I remember one time, I don't want to uncover any of the kids, but something happened. And I don't remember, honestly, if you were there. We, you, you can jump in and correct me on this if you need to. But I just remember even stopping and saying, you know what? I, 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 I get it, but it bothers me. This bothers me, and I got to deal with me first. And I would just pray in front of the child even, Father, help me to process this. Help me to say the right thing to my child, to handle this properly as you would have so me. You, you prayed so right in front of Right in front of them. Front of them. Yeah. That Go straight powerful. to God so that oh. they know I'm not your worst enemy. Yeah. You got to deal with God eventually. Nor do you eventually. have all the answers on your right, own. Right, exactly. <laughs> huh? I think nor that, do you have all the answers no, on your exactly. own. No, oh. exactly. I think they need to see that. I right. think they need to see us as parents 
um, and if I could even speak to single parents right now, they don't have an excuse either. Well, I don't have anybody to pray with. Well, they have a heavenly father who is who has become their husband, mm. and they have someone to get an agreement with. They have the word of God, and they have the spirit of God. And I think that, again, being able to even pray in front of their children, and not that they have to, to you know, say every speak everything that's on their mind but being in a you know i'm not sure about this right now god i need your wisdom i need your help mm-hmm. that's teaching them teaching them how to pray teaching them how to stand on the word of god even in our being able to repent yes. in front of them well first of all you never want to pray for 3 hours and drag your kids through that. He'll hate God and church and the Bible and everything else. You said that. Uh, So prayer, when we say prayer, we're talking about communion with God. We're talking about them seeing modeled an instant looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, our new position, condition, identity in Jesus. Um, One of the biggest things that happened to my son is I over-disciplined him when he was probably six or seven. And uh, the minute I did it, man... I knew I, I went too far. I was too hard. And 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 he was in a position and stage that you could see rebellion just rising up in him. And that's what caused the discipline in the first place was outright rebellion. It's one thing for a kid to, to make a mistake. They all do. We all do. There's a difference in that and rebellion. Mm-hmm. See, it's not our sins that keep us out of heaven, even as mm-hmm. as people. It's our unbelief and rebellion to God. We refuse yes. to accept yeah. Jesus as Lord. It's only one sin that wasn't covered on the cross, and that's the, the sin of the rejection of the cross. So there's a difference between rebellion and, and making mistakes. And so anyway, this rebellion was there. And man, I stopped in the middle of the discipline, and I teared up, and I said, uh, son, I, I'm so sorry. I I was wrong. I I was angry. I was not pleased with you. And that is, that's not the purpose of discipline. And would you please forgive me? He's six or seven years old. And he just broke. He started bawling and crying, Mm. uh, seeing dad repent. Uh, The goodness of God, the Bible says, leads us to repentance. Goodness, the goodness of God in his dad led him to repentance. And uh, it was amazing, the change. And and I'm not sure I had to discipline that kid uh, hardly ever after that for the because rest of his life. Because you showed your heart. You yeah. showed you know your sensitivity to, to God. I, I'm glad, Sue, that you brought up the single parent. And as you know my story, both of you, being a single dad for so long, and that's what I do full-time now is minister to single parents. Um, when you go through a divorce, all those roles that you used to prop yourself up, they just they go away. Even your marriage, your friend, everything changes. It's the most important thing to ever happen to me. It's where I started finding my identity, what my true identity was. I wonder, Pastor, if you would, knowing that one in three homes in America right now are single-parent homes, speak to that single parent and remind them of who they are, of their identity, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think think as a single parent, as you've already stated, we feel like something now has been lost— that's mm-hmm. going to handicap me in being the kind of parent I need to be to my child and is going to affect them. And while divorce does have an effect on children, it, it and God does hate it, he doesn't hate divorcees. Aren't you glad? Yes. Aren't you glad yes, for that? Very he does glad. not hate divorcees. He hates divorce. Why does he hate divorce so much? Because he loves us so much. Mm-hmm. And he knows that 
that does do damage. There's yeah. something that happens just like in marriage, you become one flesh in that divorce. There's yeah. a there's a separating that does something even internal that, yes. that none of us understand. Yeah. But there's where the power of grace and the power of God comes in and that healing of that, that, that wholeness. Because see, a mm-hmm. spouse doesn't complete us. Right. Jesus completes us, yes. Colossians yeah. 2.10 yeah. says. Yeah. A spouse doesn't make us who we are. God still makes us who we are. Mm. And so many times in marriage, we can actually begin to look to that spouse in an unhealthy way for our identification. Right. Versus now as a single person, you got no choice. Right. Right. You really don't have a choice in marriage. We both have to look to God. Sue doesn't complete me. Jesus does. We complement one another. Absolutely. But completeness and wholeness only comes from God. So as a single parent, that parent is as needful Mm. of Jesus and their identity and walking that out in their children as anyone who is yeah. in marriage and has that partner. So nothing's really taken away on who you are in a divorce because of the cross. And and exactly what you pointed out before, it's not the role. The role may be damaged right. and may, it may right. have suffered, but the identity is it's a 10 still out a of 10. 10. Yeah. It's a, you're still a 10. Love that. You're absolutely a 10 in the eyes of God. You're righteous and truly holy, sealed in your spirit, man. Mm-hmm. You have the same inheritance. None of that changed through divorce. You still have the name of Jesus. You still have the Holy Spirit. You still have the armor of God. Mm-hmm. You still are a blessing in God's eyes, blessed with all of heaven. It's, I'm about to preach. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> but the man. bottom line That'll is preach. you've got all you need still as a single parent to be a blessing to your children and pass the blessing of God onto your children. And before that child was ever in existence, God knew of that situation. That's right. Absolutely. And still chose to put that child in your life. That's right. I think that's an important point to bring out is that we have to realize that as parents, our children were formed in our womb. God knew them before they were ever put there. So they're God's children, we're just in the, the position. Yeah, we have to be stewards of. Now we're called to be good stewards, of course. but it's something that we have to draw from within to be that good steward. He thought it best that they be in our care. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me just see if I can uh, throw a point out here that you guys could ask me maybe other questions as it relates to the parents you know are listening. But one of the things in the book, Identity Theft, that I did cover an entire chapter on is the difference between being and doing. Mm -hmm. Being Mm -hmm. and doing. Many times, because of the pressure of parenting, because of the fireworks that are happening and the demonic warfare (laughs) that's real that goes on for the souls Mm -hmm. of our kids, we slip off into rather being the man or woman of God, God's called us to be for our kids, into the doing side. Mm. And all of our doing has to come out of being. And so when a parent learns to, again, rest in the finished work of Christ, the grace of God in their life, then your doing can continually improve coming out of being. But if you're looking to your doing, you're not only going to feel, mm. again, like a failure at Defeated times. Defeated. Yeah. yeah, you're going to be you're going to get in the flesh trying to figure out, what do I got to do to fix this for my children? What do I have to do in and of myself to make a difference? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, no, I can tell by the look in your face of panic. I'm guilty, man. You I are guilty. I can see I, it. I, it is so uh, true, especially for the type A's out there. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we have this we gotta need. We got to fix it. Fix it. Fix we have it, a need. It. 
to be involved. Right. Like, we can't just let this go. It's got, we got to be a part of some of this solution. And the hardest thing we do as parents is backing off from looking to the arm of the flesh in the raising and rearing of our children and trust God in this situation. And then from being, what is my responsibility, God, versus yours? Hmm. I can't fix my kid. I can't change my I can't change myself. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. That's yes, what's wrong with you. That's why you're still a three. Uh, you're yeah. trying to fix yourself. Yeah, wait, I'm going to ask right. Sue about Did this. Did you know uh, in, uh, when when Second Corinthians three eighteen exploded in my life of how change happens in our lives? You know, how do I change? How do I change me? If I can't process, if I can't do an autopsy. Autopsy. Autopsy on myself, on how do I change? How can I help my children change? Most parents, even Christian parents, think they have to change and they have to do this and quit this to implement change. So they impose that on their kids, making them miserable. What if 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com. Yeah, so Pastor Dwayne, I'm, I'm feeling slightly convicted and also encouraged. Uh, <laughs> The reality is that for most parents, we our default isn't to trust in Christ, it's to do something. Right, right. And we uh, often feel like we're, we're sort of the only solution around. And so we will wear ourselves to the bone yeah. trying to fix our kid. Right. What, what do you tell a parent who's burned out right now? Well, again, until we back up from that, which is difficult, but possible with mm. the grace of God and His help— Absolutely. I had to come many times to a place in ministering to my own children, all four of them, that I caught myself wanting to fix them, wanting to change them, and I taking on the responsibility of changing them. And hmm. it was only when the Lord began to reveal to me, Dwayne, you can't change yourself. All the change in my life wasn't from self-effort. It wasn't from me trying harder. It wasn't from me quitting something and starting something. According to 2 Corinthians 3, the change in my life came from beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was changing me. So my responsibility to my children is to, is to reflect the glory of God, hmm. is to bring them the glory of God in an experiential, practical, daily way, and it's God that really changes them. Yeah, I have to teach them. Yeah, I have to share with them boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to say, now that right there wasn't right, and this is better and the way you should go, but only and truly only God can can change them. We don't control the outcomes. We don't. We don't. And we're not responsible right. for the outcome as well. 
God takes that responsibility personally. Hmm. He simply asks us to be a messenger. Just like I can't change anybody in my church, but I can share the truth in love. Absolutely. I can't change my children, but I can reflect, live, and share the truth in love. One of my children, I'll say uh, daughter, one of my daughters, because I'll mess up and tell them the story and wind up saying she, and that cuts it down to two. <laughs> it shows your cards. <laughs> but she was getting, again, her conduct confused with her identity. Yeah. She was beginning to identify with her mistakes. And this is what, as a parent, we have to be vigilant to counter all the imposed identities their children or their friends are trying to put on them, the right. culture's yeah. trying to right. put on them. Mm-hmm. And especially when you sin, one of the keys to breaking sin in our lives is not to identify with it. That is mm-hmm. not who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am an heir of God and a joint heir. And that was my flesh and a mistake I made. I take responsibility for the mistake, but not ownership of no. identity in the mistake. Confess it. And, yeah. That's right. It's over. But she was beginning to identify with her shortcomings. She was just mm-hmm. struggling in obeying. And so anyway, I'd come off the road again and having the discipliner and you know i was getting tired of that myself because i want to come home and celebrate life and all the good things and anyway i was ministering to her and she just fell apart and she said i just can't do it i can't obey i'm bad i'm a bad person and she started to get melodramatic on me and cry and she said I, i'm just just a bad person i just want to i just want to die and go to hell and boy that shocked me it's like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. wait Pastor's a minute wait a minute wait a minute no matter what you're not going to hell. You're identified with Christ. You're born again. You're his child. And right. while we all make mistakes, God doesn't hold that over us. And so I had to help her with her identity mm. again, with her lack of ability to obey simple things. And so I remember a few weeks went by and I'd come off the road again, incidentally again, and and uh, and had to deal with her and help her through something. And and she got melodramatic again. And she she goes, I, I just don't know, Dad. I, I just, I don't, I'm just, maybe I'm just bad. And I, I just sometimes want to die and go to heaven. So at least her, <laughs> <laughs> at least she's growing. Incremental right. learning. Her, her doctrine is getting straighter. <laughs> so I was so excited. <laughs> but I had to, I had to take time with her to show her that's not who you the reason I'm dealing with you mm-hmm. over it is because that's not who you are. This is who you are. And the minute you And that's why we're having this discussion. That's right. Absolutely. If 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 you if you were that, there would be no need for right. a discussion. Right. That's who you are. You can't help what you do if that's who you are. But if this is who you are, that will change what you do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when she got it, she got it. And I mean, her life began to evolve and the obedience became simple and, mm. and not such a challenge. Um, and so this, this, this issue of identity is at the root of, I think, parenting and being successful as a parent, absolutely living it at yourself, but then imparting it quickly to your children, mm-hmm. sharing not religiously or preaching at them, but no, listen to me, honey, you can do all things through Christ. It's with God's help mm-hmm. that you can overcome that. You can't overcome that after the flesh. Nobody can. I can't overcome anything in my life after the flesh. But when I abide in Jesus and He abides in me, I begin to bear now much fruit. Yeah, so I, you're practically teaching it on the fly. Absolutely, all and the I, time. You know, one of the terms that we've used, Robert and I, have been together through some stuff over the last decade. We've kind of raised each other's kids in some ways, but you know, one of the things that we'll find ourselves talking about is we get to thrashing, 
as parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get oh, an yeah. image yeah. of a fish on yeah. a deck of a boat. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're just thrashing, exhausted. What you know, and you just yeah. Yeah. we're just like we gotta do something. We gotta do something. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this point where not only does God show up in our weakness, which is His promise. That's right. That His strength is made perfect there, but that there's actually big gains, like actual leaps forward in our faith and in our spiritual growth when we fail, which is counterintuitive. Like you think, Absolutely. You think that when you overcome, that's when you would right. become stronger. Right. But in actuality, Mm-mm. as a parent speaking, my greatest leaps forward have been when I realized I failed or I did that wrong or I, I wish yeah. I could take that back. Uh, what encouragement could you give a parent right now who does feel they failed? That uh, uh, first the of door all, is shut. The window's closed, and there's no. Well, there's or never, too much damage has been. Yeah, done. yeah. There's never that. There's never placing God like that. There's never a, a line we can cross where God would agree with that. So first mm-hmm. of all, learn to agree with God, and not your own unrenewed carnal mind that is producing death. Uh, God does not see any of us as a failure, and He's agreed already to work all things together for our good, because mm-hmm. we love Him. And we're called according to his purpose. So even in failing, God brings such glory out of that, such good out of that, it could almost look like God ordained the failure. Hmm. When in fact he didn't. Some some doctrines try to propagate that, but he doesn't do bad things to us to teach us good. He doesn't have to do bad things. We live in a fallen world and we have a flesh and we make mistakes. So I would encourage the parent directly first. But secondly, as we've discussed in this awesome time together, is being transparent with your children. Hmm. That, hey, you messed up because your kids are feeling that. Like you did with your six-year-old. Yeah. It, oh, and the and the disciplining of the, I made a mistake with the, with the six-year-old uh, son and then the daughter yeah. as well. Whatever we're own feeling, own it, but know that your children are experiencing it too, so show them. The reason the parent needs to come out of that is mm-hmm. if you don't come out of that, your kids don't have a prayer. Mm-hmm. You're going to... You're gonna, you're going to reflect that. You're going to reciprocate that back down into your kids. So you have to stand from this position of overcoming in order to bring your kids out of that. Because if you're feeling that, I guarantee your kids are feeling that. And so right. be transparent. Always be transparent. One of the things young people in our culture today, one of the few good things I really see in young people today at large is they recognize hypocrisy quick. Oh, yeah. They have no tolerance for it. They have no place for it. Many of them have quit the church because of this this fakey, phony, pretend to be somebody we're not, Mm -hmm. instead of being transparent. So I would definitely encourage parents to be transparent with their children in their feelings like that, knowing your children are feeling that, and show them how to overcome it. You have to overcome it because they are going to need help overcoming right. it. And I think that's the key is that you ha- you do have to, even in your repentance, show them the way of repentance. And that means turning to God. Hmm. That that we have failed in this, but the answer is in God and we're going to find it. I might not have it right now, but, but, but he has the answer and I'm going to get in tune with him to find that answer. Both of us need to do that together. Or we'll find it and we'll figure out where to go from here. Because that's where the true growth comes. Like you said, in failure, it's the choice to humble ourselves before the Lord mm. and and let Him guide us through that and, and, and show us where we're at and where we need to go. That brings true victory. Yeah, I... My heart is really excited to hear these things. I, I could tell we could go a while. Yes, we could. Um, I well, know can you imagine looking at your child and saying it's okay that you feel that way? 
I felt that way many a time, mm-hmm. and God got me through it. God's going to get you through it. So rather than preaching at them, you're just living that overcoming positional in Christ identity. One time Jeremy uh, got up, and we were getting ready for church, and he said, I don't want to go to church today. And I said, really? Yeah, I don't want to go. And I said, uh, okay, uh, I understand. There are times I don't want to go, and I'm the pastor. <laughs> and I mean, it freaked him out. It was like, you mean there's times you don't want to go to church? I said, absolutely. Sometimes those people are meaner than snakes down there, and I don't want to go. But you know what? I'm going. And you know what? You cannot want to go all the way to church today. <laughs> it's okay. And he got through it, just like we have to yeah, get through Normalizing. It. Yeah. That's okay. right. It's okay. Yeah. To feel these feelings, it's not okay to act on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what I was teaching without saying it. And I think that's a key here in in parenting is that we have to show them that there are choices to be made every day. You can choose life or choose death. In every circumstance you're looking at, uh, there's a life side and there's a death side. And if we can continually show them how to how to make choices, how to repent when we make the bad choices, and turn to the right choices, that we're going to teach them how to live that on their own. Because that's the goal. Right. You've, got, no, to, you've yeah. got to teach them how to live this for themselves. And that there's no neutral tough. choice. No, no. Amen. You're right. There's no neutral choice. Man, I love this. One of the things that I, I really, really appreciate is the fact that you are willing to be transparent, which requires humility with your kids. Pride has no place in parenting. Mm-hmm. It just no. doesn't work. And it, it, it not only doesn't work, it always turns out disastrous. You'll it does. always make... Just horrendous mistakes in self-centeredness versus true humility of thinking of them and what they're feeling. Because you're going to be feeling emotions again. Of, well, of, and of you're validating and, their feelings. You're mm-hmm. not saying, you're not faking Christianity and saying, well, I don't feel that. I live in victory. Right. You're saying, no, I get it. It's right. hard. That's right. I have felt every one of those things, yep. but I am choosing yep. not to believe yes. what I feel. Amen. I'm choosing to believe the Word of God and His promises Amen. versus my gut. Amen. Yeah. I think for parents uh, in the middle of this generation who are walking through the challenges that our culture is throwing at them, that they need resources to remind them of these truths. Because I'll remember this talk a good hour. (laughs) I might even make it a day. I'm impressed. (laughs) So we have to have reminders. We have to build into our our world. We have to have reinforcement of these truths. And part of that's being a part of a local church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Part of that's fellowship with other believers and regular ingestion of the Word of God and the bread of life. Where can people get your stuff? How can they find you and your resources? Well, I appreciate that. And I was actually beginning to draw a blank uh, <laughs> on on different resources to recommend, but I can definitely recommend mine, and I appreciate that. Uh, I have a website, uh, pastordwayne.com or victorlifechurch.com, and we have over 2,000 messages available absolutely free that you can download for free. But if you go to either one of those websites, pastordwayne.com or victorylifechurch.com, just if you will take the search uh, engine that's on that website and just type in marriage or type in child training, uh, anything on the home, we have a 
huge series on on the Christian home. It's just called the Christian home. There's a lot of material available in that in that that resource house uh, that's absolutely free. I did a series on raising children in the lion's den years ago. I actually need to reteach them. Yes. Uh, yeah. But wow, it was just huge the impact it had. I did a series on sex, dating, and marriage. How do you deal with that? Now that was one of the hardest things on me, and I don't want to talk about that now. I just brought it up, but I don't want to talk about it. Uh, you know, is our sexuality yeah. was the hardest thing on me to communicate to my children in this culture and and not mm. not over being overbalanced like the church has been forever with no, 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 this is bad, this is wrong. And we've had to emphasize the the perversions and the things God right. says no about so much that we never let the pendulum swing back over to sex is beautiful. We're created sexual beings. And, and how do we express that sexuality within the boundaries of marriage? And so I, I, I think I could have did a better job there uh, because I was uncomfortable, and most parents are. Most people are, yeah. But I especially do have dads. recordings. Yeah, yeah especially dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sue did did better in some areas than I did. But that it's easier listening to somebody else even talk about it than having to talk about it yourself. So yeah. you know, those are just powerful things that we've taught our church and the parents in our church. And then most of my teaching, when people get to know me, it truly comes out of my relationship with the Lord and living it, not just doctrine, not just something I heard somebody preach and I'm going to re-preach it or teach it, but I really do share from my heart, experience, and what God's done in my life. So I think it would be very beneficial, those those teachings, and they're absolutely free. That's awesome. We also know that you have a YouTube uh, channel, Dwayne Sheriff Ministries. Dwayne is spelled D-U-A-N-E-S, and Sheriff has two Fs, one R. And Correct. we'll have all the links in our in our show notes, so you can make sure to check below this podcast and uh, click the links and get all the resources that we've been talking about. Absolutely. We want to thank you very much. And they need to get Identity Theft. Yes. Identity Theft the is, book. A book, is a book that we'll definitely have a link to because I yeah. will personally yeah. make sure that gets I'd in I appreciate there. that. We're about to go into our second printing that we're excited yes. about, and so it's had an impact on a lot of people, and I, I know it'll be a blessing to you as a parent. You, you may be thinking, well, what's that got to do with parenting? It has a lot. Everything. It has everything to do with your parenting. Yeah. I, I've read it twice. Uh, I'll probably read it again in the next few years. But uh, I, I, I just want to thank you both. I know it was a sacrifice of your time and energy to come by the studio, but we greatly appreciate it. Yes, we do. Awesome privilege, and we enjoyed it immensely. Yes, you guys are awesome. Did. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Robert, uh, once again, we have a fantastic interview, and uh, we want to make sure people who are listening know how to uh, subscribe to this podcast. Absolutely. If it was a blessing to you like I know it was, hit the subscribe button on any of your pl- uh, podcast platforms uh, so you can stay up to date and in touch with the things that we discuss, because as I'm sure you've heard, not just today, but in our other episodes, these are life-changing truths about real life as a Christian parent. So we thank you for being with us and doing. And you need to make sure you hit that button according to Brad within an hour or you will forget everything you've just heard. That's correct. One hour. You need to download immediately or it'll it'll just leak right out of your brain. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you here next week. God bless. Bye-bye. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes... But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. 
Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. Hey, Robert, we've got some new stuff in the web store. Tell me about it, Brad. It's our very own swag. Really? Absolutely Brilliantly Brave now has its own line of caps, cups, clothing. Yeah, everything, Mugs. man. We got swag. Dog sweaters? Uh, I don't know about the dog sweaters yet, but we can work on it. Okay. So if you're a fan and you've been listening to Brilliantly Brave and you want to share it with your friends, let them know that you're a supporter, hey, come to our website, ishinelive.com, and find out more. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they, they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome.